listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. This month, we've been focusing on, as a church, the victorious family. Funny enough, when I was preparing the message, I've forgotten the theme. I knew that it was about family, but I've forgotten that it was victorious family. But the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit had been giving to me had a lot of um, battle and winning inside. Amen. But I, I want to call the, the uh, I title it The Honor of Father and Mother. The honor of father and mother, amen. Because I think last week and last two weeks, um, last week and the first week, Pastor Elton was trying to help us appreciate the role of the father and the role of the mother in the home. And from church, we are focused on family. We believe that when we have a good home, society will will feel less pressure. But the pressure on society is because the home and families are struggling. Are we good? Huh. Because from the very beginning, the battle started. The minute God placed the man and the woman together, the battle began. And the battle began in the, whole, in the, in the family, in Genesis. When God put the man and the woman together, that's when the enemy showed up. Because there's something about two people agreeing on one agenda. The Bible even makes us understand that when the people were together and they agreed, even God had to come in and say, look, we have to confuse these people. Because once they agree, nothing can stop them. So from the very beginning, when God placed the man and the woman, that was when the enemy showed up. I want to look at your neighbor and tell you, well, neighbor, the battle is raging. Amen. Do you know that the war can be going on whether you are aware of it or not? Yeah. When you get up in the morning today, suddenly forget that there's war going on in um, Ukraine. But it doesn't stop the battle. It's still going on. Your ignorance doesn't mean that the battle will stop. Hey, I'm making some sense, somebody. Look at the other next year. Neighbor, your ignorance doesn't stop the battle. Oh, shake your neighbor and tell your neighbor, your ignorance doesn't stop the battle. Hallelujah. It may not give you an advantage to win because you feel at preparing, but it doesn't stop the battle. Bible makes us understand in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle, our wrestling, it says our battle, our wrestling, some translations use wrestling, some use it as struggle. Whatever it is, there's a banter going on. And it says that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So what, what does this scripture tell us? There's battle going on. But you have to understand, the Bible wants to, wants to make it clear who your true enemy is. In the home, who is our true enemy? In the family, 
who is our true enemy. Because it is easy for us to mistake the one that you're having a contention with as your true enemy. It's very easy. Why? Because obviously the person is in front of you. Obviously the ways of the person you can see, you encounter here and there. So it's easy for you to conclude and say that you are my enemy. I think recently I was talking to one guy and he said, the father said something to him that really broke him. For years he was having anger in his heart for his father. Why? He said because his father in the, in the I think the, in the heat of moment, the father opened the mouth and says, why are, you be, why are you behaving like the devil in my life? Yeah. And said for years, it took him years for him to forgive the father. You get it? Whatever was going on, the father misread what was going on and made the, the son the enemy. Look at your neighbor next to you. The neighbor, the one who is sitting next to you is not your enemy. Tell the person who is sitting Oh, shake your neighbor and say, it's not your enemy. So I'm certainly not your enemy. Your brother is certainly not your enemy. Hey, are we good? Uh-huh. The one sitting next to you, the person is not your enemy. If you conclude that the person is your enemy, then you are misreading the, what is going on. And you have to be far intelligent than that. Hallelujah. The home has been the battleground since the beginning. The home has been the battleground. Most people don't realize it. The minute you say, I, you say yes to a woman, you are setting up a stage for battle. <laughs> the minute you say, a woman says yes to you, you are setting the stage for, because the devil gets attracted to that field. Mm. It is that place that the enemy wages the greatest warfare using sophisticated weapons, weaponry, the enemy uses weapons that are not so obvious to man, but they are powerful. Weapons like fear, like selfishness, weapons like unkindness. Isn't it amazing that two people say, say I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, uh, boo-boo, sweetie, you know, all the sweet things, and then they go and marry, and then when they are, they are bound together in covenant, that's when they start becoming unkind to each other. And you don't see that some, there's a, a, a third person has joined you in the marriage. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah. Serious weapons. See, the most dangerous weapons are the ones you don't realize that they are weapons. Yeah. Because that one, you can even destroy yourself with it. Because you don't realize that they are weapons. Of all the weapons that the enemy uses, one that is very, how do you call it, um, dangerous, and in our time that it looks as if it is left unchecked, is the weapon of disregard for ranks in home. There's a disregard for ranks in the home. Because we are in a generation of liberty. Free, free. Everybody wants everything free. Nobody wants to be under any check. Nobody wants to be under any responsibility. There's a free a disregard for ranks. <clears throat> now, it means the minute, what, the minute I use the word ranks, it means I'm introducing something here. That's the, mili the military. I'm making some sense. Now, is it fair or is it right to use the knowledge of the military for the home? Yes. Why? Because I said the minute you say yes to a woman, you, are, you have actually created a battleground. 
And the minute you create a battleground, you are talking about two uh, opposing forces and they are war. Hey. Am I making some sense? Oh, I've left you. You are here. Amen. <laughs> are you in the house? If ever, going, if, if, if ever there's going to be any progressive kingdom, if any kingdom is going to progress, they have to have a healthy respect for ranks, for systems, and for responsibility and order. No kingdom works without these things. And certainly, the home is a kingdom. And there can never be progress in the home without these systems there. Respect for ranks. Respect for uh, all the responsibilities, everybody knowing what their roles and things are, and adhering to those ranks and those responsibilities and doing what God has called them to do. You can never have a successful home without these respects. Hey, are we good? Remember, the one who fights us is the devil. I've already said that. He's the one who's fighting us. And here's the interesting part. Even the devil's kingdom... Respect systems. Respect ranks. Even the devil's kingdom has respect. So if your enemy has these systems and is structured and is organized and is moving at this efficiency, you cannot undo yourself by failing to be, of, by, by being disorderly. You can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, one of the things that is obvious in our world right now, we can see superpowers. Nations are trying to get to the top of influence and having, you know, a, a global influence. And America used to, America revolved, everybody going to America, want to go to America and all. But over time, you can see America and China, you can see how China is efficient, organized. Because there's a serious, healthy respect for ranks. Because if you don't toe the line, the line will do it. <laughs> but you go to America, free. For everything. Everybody makes what everybody wants to do what they want to do. So you can see that one nation is progressing in influence and global dominance, and then the other one is crumbling inside. Because when one says, hey, let's get up, says, no, I want to sit down. I want to look at this. They can't even decide on how a human being is supposed to look like. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm not talking someone in the house. Look at the next next you said neighbor. <laughs> You got to wake up. You got to wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah. One day, when, when one Sam says, we are doing this and everybody's following. And then one, no. Look at, look at everyone else. Is telling them, look, your, your enemy is organized. The one who's coming against you is organized. It's organized. It's a very organized enemy. Remember, is the master at destabilizing the systems of his opposing enemy. That's how he works. You destabilize the system and it crumbles on, you, on, 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 on itself. That's how. Many times when people say, the enemy came against the enemy. It's not as if you say a witch or a demon or something. No, it's just pull the systems down. That's it, here and there. Are we good? What it does is that he leaves his opposing enemy without any means of order. The minute you have a, 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 a battle, um, let's say a battle formation, without 
a means of order, response, and all those things. Don't win. I've been following a lot of um, the Ukraine war. And one of the things I was, uh, you know, one of the discussions, um, military, they were discussing why Russia seems to be failing right now, aside of many other things, is that they said they didn't anticipate, obviously, the, um, the resistance of the Ukrainian people. And along the line, they've killed some of their top leaders in the battle. So there's no proper correspondence that is going on on the side of Russia. So the minute they went after some of these, they did, I don't think they, uh, uh, Ukraine, that's uh, what we are, we are plotting, but Russia was not, did not plan very well that he's going to meet a formidable enemy. And because of that, the minute they start disrupting their systems and order, the battle, you have people with weapons, but they can't do anything. We are gifted. The home is one of those gifted places, but sometimes you can go to your home and they can't achieve anything. Why? Because their systems have been disrupted. There's no order. There's no order. Are we good? Remember, your home, if you're a child of God, your home is God's kingdom, um, how do you call it? It's part of God's kingdom. Uh, it's part of God's kingdom. Let me use that. Your home, if you're a Christian, it's part of God's kingdom. It's God's kingdom ground. It's God's kingdom ground. And you can't treat it anyhow. We cannot win the battle against our enemy if we keep turning the weapons against ourselves. We cannot win the battle against our enemy if we keep turning the weapons against ourselves. One thing that is evident in the military is the word respect. Someone say respect. Respect. One thing the military know is this, that it's, it's, they know that it's very dangerous. They understand that it's, it's dangerous to put weapons in the hands of people who don't respect. <laughs> That's what the, the, the military knows. So before they put the weapon in your hands, they will show you respect. They will beat the hell out of you. <laughs> I have some friends who went to the military. Look, they take away civilian lives out of you. You're a doctor and so what? You are a woman and so what? What they want you to appreciate is the next command above you. That if somebody's above you, you got to learn to listen. They will beat that out of you. Say, so look, when they wear, they beat, say they will beat you until you can't even tell the direction of the sea. Meanwhile, you are by the sea side. Say, where's the sea? <laughs> then now they'll tell you it is here. Hey. I want to give some sense somebody. Yeah. Because what, are, what is their target? They're about to put weapons in your hands. And you got to learn respect. We have children who open their mouth, just talk anyhow. Because there's no respect. In the African home, how do my parents show respect? Who slap something? something. <laughs> <laughs> All those days, I've, I've, uh, he said uh, the African mother is, is how do you call it? She's expert in warfare. 
She can turn anything into, into, into a weapon, whether the slippers or something, <laughs> comb, anything. Why? Because they know they have to instill something inside of you. And that is respect. It's respect. Hey, are you in the house? Hmm. We can't have a woman who disrespects her husband and go and honor a man of God. Do you know what you're doing? You are destroying the ranks. You will lose the battle in the house. You will lose the battle in the home. There are ranks. And as honorable as a man of God is, the man of God is not the one who's ahead. Hey, I'm not making some sense to somebody. Yeah, in the home is your husband. We've disrupted the system. So even though we have many, many marriages, we can't win any war. Are you in the house? Ephesians 6, 2 says what? Honor. Someone say honor. He said, honor your father and your mother. And be respectful. Honor means esteem, to value as precious. Your father and your mother and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with, with what? With the word, a promise. First commandment with a promise. Honor. Now why does God want us to honor? You have to understand that in the home, our parents are the first representative of God's authority. Parents are the first representative of God's authority. When God is deciding something in heaven and it has to do with families, the parents are the first he deals with. Yes, our parents are not perfect. Hey, oh, should I go there? As for the list we have on our parents' imperfections, it's long. As for the longer you stay with your parents, the, more, the longer your list becomes. <laughs> That's the guarantee you have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, our parents are not perfect. They are far from perfect. But they represent God. They are God's means of provision, protection, and blessing in the lives of their children. When God says, I will bless you, greater portion of it, if your parents are right and submitted under him, he will use them. When God says, I'll protect you, he will use your parents. What's, a, what's a Benaniah? Benaniah. Benaniah is, the, the world, of, his world of safety is his, his father. The father holds his hand. The father watches out for him. The father is taking care of him. And this is God meeting the needs of Benaiah by using the father, using the mother. Am I making some sense, somebody? Aha, uh -huh. our parents are, and you have to understand that. Look, this has nothing to do with the ability to be perfect. It has everything with God's structure system. And that's one of the things that we need to understand. Number two, God says, honor your father and mother because your parents, is, they represent God's leadership system. It's different from the fact that they represent God and God's means of provision, but they represent God's leadership system. 
Number three, to honor the, the command for us to honor is to put ourselves in check. Because here's the thing, all of us trust our emotions a lot, oftentimes more than we should. Every time you're going to do something, what do you say? I feel. I feel. Can you imagine a, a system where there's no respect? It means that we are all going to run, run, is it, is it English, a mock, a mock without any checks and balances. And then I feel, I feel like you can have a fool. That's how I feel. Then this is I feel like. Then I feel. So you can imagine that feels and what is going to happen. So the command to honor is to bring ourselves under checks. Hey, is to do what? Yeah, ourselves under check. Bring yourself under check. The Lord. Hmm. The next point is that it gives order a chance. It gives other words a chance. Where there is respect, order can thrive. The next point, where there's order, peace can thrive. Peace can thrive. You go to a place where people are running amok by their emotions and there's no peace. At the heart of it, you realize that the home has no peace. Why? Because people are doing things based on how they feel, running here and there and do what they are saying. So there's no order. And because there's no order, nobody's at peace. Very soon, you see somebody says, I want to leave the marriage. I want to leave home. I don't want to be home. I don't want to be there. No. I'm not making some sense to somebody. But let me, put, let me say this. At the heart of honoring God is this, that it is easier for children to see the glory of God when they honor their parents. It's easier for children to appreciate and to see the glory of God when they honor their parents. Bible said, how can you say you love me when you don't love your neighbor? It's very difficult for us to see God's glory when there's no honor, when there's no respect. Give me two minutes, then I'll end my presentation for this one. Are you in the house? I hope you have taken some points out of it so far. Now, If you think honor does not matter, listen to what God says in Malachi 1.6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? Where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is the reverent fear and respect due me? Say the Lord of hosts to you. O priest, who despise my name, but you say, how and what way have we despised your name? 
Even God says, where is my honor? And why is God asking? He's asking in the capacity of a father. You must learn to honor. You must learn to do what? I can't You must learn to do what? In what way, in, in which, in, in, in um, what ways do we honor our parents? I mean, as long as your heart is led by love, the ways are endless. We honor our parents by obedience, obedience obeying, obeying. It's one of the key ways by which we honor our parents. And ensure order in the house. It's ob- obedience. Am I, am I telling someone in the house? Yeah, someone say obey. obey. Someone say obey. I can't hear you. Are you in the house? Obey. Shake your nose and say obey. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is difficult, eh? <laughs> obey. You got to obey. Obey your parents. That's one. Number two, guard the name of your parents on your life. One of the blessings God gave to Israel is to give them his name. We are living in a generation where people don't have respect for name. Your parents spend their time, live their life honorable, and then they put a name upon you, and you are walking in town removing your breasts everywhere. What are you talking about? And he says, yeah, it's my life, it's my life. It's not your life. It's not your life. He says, I'm going to change. The fact that you change the name upon you doesn't mean that they didn't give birth to you. Yeah. yeah. You can't just do anything anyhow. You can't do that. The law of life does not permit you. Because, and I'll come to conclude that when it says it, so that your days may be long. The law of life does not permit you. You can't disregard, disrespect the name upon you. I mean, if we, uh, we need to start waking a generation up to realize that, look, you can't live anyhow and just not have any consequence to that life. Shouting freedom, freedom doesn't mean that the laws of life will not apply to you. If the laws of life and laws of nature were that free, you would not even have be, be, be living. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Yeah. Guard the name upon your life. Hallelujah. Guard the name upon, upon what? Upon your, upon your life. Number three, no matter what your parents do to you, never speak evil of them. Never speak evil of them. That doesn't mean you can't be honest. Honesty is different from evil. When you are speaking evil, there's spite to it. There is spite to it. You can be honest and say, yes, my father can be very difficult. My father can be unreasonable. My father is very challenging. You can know that's that's it. But never add evil to it and say, "That, that wicked, stupid man. Or that wicked, stupid mother. Mm. They call it woke in our generation. They are. They are woke. They are dead. They think they are woke. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one thing the Lord knows. Life is a cycle. Life is... Life is a cycle. Yeah. Years ago, we were babies being held by our parents' hand. Today, all as a baby holding their hand. Life is a cycle. So it's almost as if you are setting the stage for your own downfall. The minute you start doing that. Hey, am I making some sense? So never ever do that. Hey, am I making some sense? 
Hey. And then lastly, seek to honor. Seek to honor whatever good you have learned from your parents. Honor it. Teach it. Encourage the next generation with it. For all you know, only three out of ten is a good you, 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 your father, is a good out of your father's life. Focus on the two. Let the two be the majority. Don't let the age be the majority. Hallelujah. So for you, as far as you know, when you ever tell you have a chance to talk about your father, ask my father, I know my father is very time conscious. I know my mother is very time conscious. That's the thing. And I know my mother maybe manages my, only the two, but maybe the eight, you can come and so you'll be silent on the encounter. You know? <laughs> you'll be silent on it. Hey. But sometimes we, we, are, we, we major on the minors, and then we minor on the majors. Hmm. I've seen something. It's not easy for a man to change. See, the things we can't change, we say, this is the way we are. <laughs> but the things we can't stand with people, we say, change. It's not easy for a man to change. It's God, grace, and a willing heart. These three combinations are not easy to arrive. Sometimes when the grace is available, there's no willing heart. But there will come a time where man, grace, time, all that will come to work. But until then, <laughs> hallelujah, Amen. until then, focus on the right things. Trust the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Okay. Now, I cannot say all that. Let, let me, let's go back to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 6, 1, 2. And then, First, the children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The next verse, it says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. It says, this command holds a promise. And the promise is automatic to obedience of the command. It's non-negotiable. That you are assured of the fact that when you honor, yours will be life. Do you know Why? Because it's easier to see how to live better when you're honoring the one ahead of you. But when you live out of spite and dishonor, you are blinded. So you endanger your life at every turn. You endanger your life at every turn. So you want to, you want to guarantee your future? You want to guarantee your life? Honor. Honor. And it's not just father, but anybody that represents those roles in your life. It could be your pastor, it could be your auntie, it could be your uncle. Whoever represents those roles in your life, you have to do that. There is life for you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there is life for you. Shake your neighbor and say, there is life for you. There is life for you. Then the next one, and that's where I'm ending. The next verse, verse 3. It says, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy uh, long life the next verse for fathers so there's a focus that's how that's how how do I put it I don't want to use the word balance but 
Bible says that the word of the Lord is able to even separate the bone and the marrow. It means that the word of the Lord is able to enter to deal with the issues that must be dealt with. Are we good? And it says, it comes and says, fathers, do not exasperate, exasperate. Okay. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of what? Of the Lord. Do not lead your children in ways that they will walk in anger. Do not. Because it wouldn't go well with you or for you. There's a, a, a scripture, in, I think it's in the Psalms, where it says that children are like arrows in the quiver of a warrior. And it says that blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And then it goes on and he says this. He said, look, for he will not be ashamed. Why? Because he will be able to deal with his enemies at the gate. When you raise your children well, you are raising active, sharp, able weapons of warfare. That is what's raising your children well, training them in the ways of the Lord. They become ready for the battle where? At the gates. At the gates. They become ready to deal and to, and to handle issues. You know, Bible talks about the fact that the strength, the, the beauty of the youth is what? Their strength. Yeah. So, for all of us here that are becoming parents, there are a lot of you here, are you in the house? Remember, this is a battle. You either at the end, you raise, you raise weapons that can uh, fight for you, or you raise useless. We don't even call weapons. <laughs> Some people are bringing flowers to a gun battle. <laughs> Not even a knife, flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Some homes where a man is being looking look, look for, you see the man coming and he's walking like this. Shit. <laughs> what are you talking about? We are talking about battles. Go and see. Women are being raised. Women, ladies. The men have become women. The men have become women. A chunk of research shows that a number of the boys who are becoming girls are doing so because their father, they have father issues. Daddy issues. Somebody has so much daddy issue that doesn't want to become a man anymore. She has to become a woman. Because she has daddy issues. Hey, look at the one that says, don't provoke your children. Don't provoke your children. Shake your neighbor and say, don't provoke your children. Don't provoke your children. And let them become what God has intended them to become. Are you with me? We cannot be ashamed. What is happening? Can you imagine what it looks like? You say, my son, and then your son is coming, and your son is coming like this. <laughs> my son, my son. We're talking about issues. I said, I feel, I feel. No, no, no. Life issues, life situations, life battles is, is more serious than that. Are you, am I making some sense, somebody? Look at the one that said, This is serious. <laughs> hey, Jesus. May the Lord have mercy on us. Fathers, don't provoke your children. 
Fathers, don't provoke your children. It also means that it's within your power to do or not to do. It's within your power to do or know what to do, to provoke your children. Don't provoke your children to respond or to react in ways that God doesn't want them to, just so that you can seem right. This morning, it's really my great privilege. Hallelujah. Um, at this moment to celebrate, to be, to, let me put this here, to be here, to have made it this far, to be the man or the responsible person that God has made me to be, through both the influence of my parents, present and non-present, the Lord has still taken advantage of it to bring me this far. Now, I cannot hold anything much against them because it serves no purpose if you do but a wise son or a wise child takes advantage of everything to seek the glory of God in every matter and when you look at the story of my father or my mother God is glorified right oh is God glorified yeah because we are here I made it I'm here oh Let's give God some glory. Amen. Amen. I made it. I'm here. My father is here. My mother is here. And um, we are all celebrating Jesus, even as we celebrate the life of my father. So I pray that the Lord will, of you, I mean, some of us are struggling, our parents, I mean, you. Having done youth work, you notice that half of our problem is dealing with father issues and mother issues. That's the problems to do. It's like what they say, it said when, you know, the quote in scripture where it says, uh, fathers eat and then the children's teeth are set on edge. Aha. Uh -huh. Parents do something and you can see the response in their children. Parents do it and you can see their children. You know. But I pray that the Lord grant us grace to do things differently. Raise a better generation. Amen. Come on, let's give God some glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.